Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored in loving memory of Nazira Ajmi, Alea Shalom, Lizlui Nishmat, Nazira Badroza. Alea Shalom, sponsored by the Ajmi family. Breakfast is also sponsored in loving memory, Lizlui Nishmat, Sarabat Yosef, Alea Shalom, by Deborah and Asher Roshan Zamir. In the loving memory of Gabriel Sheheba, Alea Shalom, Lizlui Nishmat, Gabriel Ben Zakia, and also in honor of his mother from Marcel Sheheba by Albert Sheheba. Lilui Nishmat Fericha Bat Magid Alea Shalom, sponsored by Jonathan Mavishev. And in loving memory of Ruth Jerome Alea Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Ruth Bat Farida, sponsored by her son Joey Jerome. That means that today is a quadruple power uh, breakfast and uh, and Devar Torah. So Bezat Hashem, Bezat Hashem, we should be zoche that uh, it should be Lilui Nishama for uh, for all of our loved ones. Rabotai, there's a fascinating uh, uh, experience that happens in the Pasuk over here, which seems to be a bit of a contradictory thing. The Pasuk says, And I will place this nega, this tzarat, uh, in the walls, on the land, in the land of your uh, inheritance. And what's fascinating is, when the Pasuk tells us this, Rashi comes and says, Bisorahi. It was a good bit of news. It was a good tiding that they would get this negatzarat on the walls of the house. Why? Because they would be forced to break down the house. The Kohen would come and say, I'm not sure, let's see if it's tzarat. Uh, they would close the house. After seven days, they would knock the walls down. And what would have been in the walls? The emori, the people that were living in the Eretz Israel before the Jewish people came in, in, from the land of Egypt. So the emorim, the girgashim, the other ones, the yivusi, whoever it would be, they heard the Jews were coming and they hid there all their precious metals, their stones, their diamonds, their gold. They hid it in the walls of the house. And uh, the result of that was that when the Jewish people had to knock down the houses for a tzarat that had mysteriously appeared on the walls, all of a sudden now they were able to take the benefit from all these special treasures. So number one, I have a big problem with what Rashi is telling us. Rashi says, Bisorai, it's good news. However, we have a contradicting message from Hazal from our teachers from our rabbis. We know, as we expressed last week from the Gemara, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes a person, where does he punish first? He punishes the house, and then the beged, the clothing, and then the person, which illustrates that the house was a punishment. So how could Rashi come along and tell us, Bisorai, it was good news, it was good tidings, when in fact we also know that it was coming as a punishment for Lashon Hara. Was it a punishment? Or was it a reward? So Rabotai, there's one other element that I need to bring out to you, which I think is very important. A diuk, which I think is unbelievable. The Pasuk says, The person, when he finds this, this nega on the wall, he comes to the Kohen and he says, And he will say, Now there's two different interesting words here. One is kanega. He doesn't say nega nirali babait. I see a nega. He says kanega. Like a disease I see on the walls. Also the word nir'ali, which means seems to, it says I see, but also the word nir'ali means it seems to me. There seems to be a double level, a double uh, entendre here, where on the one end it talks about the fact that he sees a nega, but on the other end, it also seems to say some level of uncertainty. It's not a nega, it's kanega. You know when you tell someone off, and you tell them you're a dib, you know? You're saying something very different than when you say, you know, what you did seems to me, it looks like something that doesn't seem so smart. That's not saying you're a dib. You're saying something very differently. 
So Rabotai, this idea of it seems to me and Kanega is a very important clue to understanding what's going on here. But as we always understand, also a very important clue to understand what the Torah is trying to teach us in our time and in our day and age. Rabotai, I ask you a question. Is this a punishment or is this a reward? And the answer is, that depends on you. If a person comes to the Kohen and they look at a nega in the house, and how do they speak? Kanega. Why did he get the nega in the first place? It came from Lashon Hara. But you know how this develops, this becomes something which is a curse, becomes a blessing. When the person gets the message, if the idea came from Lashon Hara, look at how he's already correcting his language. It's not nega. Maybe. It looks like it might be a nega. Kanega, nirali. It seems to me that maybe this isn't the right way to do, the right way to go about things. Rabbi, you said it like this. I just wonder if you say to your wife, you know, you said this to my mother. I know that you have the difficult relationship. But it seems to me that maybe if you would have said it like this, it might have seemed like it was hurtful. Not, you said something hurtful to my mother. Do you hear that? It's such a tiny difference. But the idea is, Rabotai, that we're trying to communicate is that there are treasures in the wall of the house, but this idea of the wall of the house who refers to the person himself is a very interesting halakha, Rabotai, which I feel also kind of communicates this concept. That what we're talking about here is not only the literal idea of gold in the walls, but the idea that in every single person's house, even if, as we say to people, get your house in order, even if the house seems chaotic and seems plagued and seems like it has problems, Rabutai, there's gold in the walls. There's treasure in the house. What do you do if you want to be able to bring it out? You bring it out with a sensitive expression. I want to add one more point to this, which I think is a very important thing. The halakha says that when the Kohen comes to the house and he's about to declare, he's about to rule, he's about to judge this house. What does he say? The first thing he says, take everything out of the house. Why? Because before the Kohen says, Tameh, the house is not Tameh. Which means that everything in the house remains pure. You take it out of the house and then the Kohen says, Tameh. What happens now to everything that's in the house? Tameh. Now, what's Tameh? Is the lazy boy recliner Tameh? It's not Tameh. Is the couch Tameh? Not Tameh. Is the kitchen Tameh? Not Tameh. But the minute you said the house is Tameh, what happens to everything in the house? Tameh. Rabotai. Sometimes we need to call somebody out. Sometimes we need to give them tochacha. We need to rebuke them. We need to tell them they're not doing things the right way. Before you say the word, take everything that's tahor out of the house. Don't make everything else tameh at the same time as you called out the house. There's nothing wrong with the couch. The couch is a beautiful couch. You want to tell somebody something. The very first thing you indicate to them is all the things about them that are tahor. And not only that, you don't just say it to them, you bring it outside. You show them that you honor them outside, even in public. Once a person does that, then you can reveal great treasures in the walls. And where did this treasure come from, Rabotai? It came from a wall that had a nega. When a person actually accesses these messages properly, then they reveal the inner treasures of their soul. Rabotai, what we learn about people's negative character traits is that those character traits are always the flip side of something which is positive. That means that when a person can identify a nega in a way which isn't hurtful, which isn't demoralizing, then what winds up happening is they're able to turn the nega itself into something which is bisora, which carries within it great, great, uh, great treasures. The Bala Turim points out something magnificent. The Pasuk says, 
Nir Ali Babayit. Appears to me. Says the Baal Aturim. Where else do you find this expression? It's a rare expression. Nir Ali. Where, is it? where do you find that? He says it's one other place in the Torah. You find it in Yirmiyahu. In Yirmiyahu it says about God. Merachok Nir Ali Elokim. From far away I could see God. From far away. God is appearing to me from a distance. In both scenarios, a person is, ex- is using the expression of Nir Ali Babayit. I see a problem in the house. I see a problem with the family. I want to talk to them. Either Maybe I can even be the father. I'm pointing out problems in the way that my children or my wife are behaving or, v- or vice versa, that my husband is behaving. Nir Ali means, it seems to me. Why does Hashem appear to Yirmiya Merachok? Why does God ever seem to be far away? Why does that happen? How come a person experiences God not close to them, but far away? Where does that? How come that happens? The primary reason, says the Gemara, for the distance that Hashem exhibits to a person, the primary reason is Ga'ava. God says, He and I cannot live in the same place. So why does it say, Because if Lashon Ara is the reason, if the Gemara says Ga'ava, arrogance is the reason. So if that's the case, Hashem says, I have to seem to be far away. If a person experiences a disconnect, one of the first things they need to do is to work on and to develop their humility. There's another experience I find as well with this comment of Merachok. The Pasuk says about Avraham Avinu, when Avraham Avinu was going to do the biggest act that ever happened, Akidat Yitzchak, what does it say? Vayar, and he saw Elohim, he saw God. And he saw the place from far away. Our Sifarim explained to us that it wasn't just that he saw the mountain was far away. But the word makom also refers many times to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaMakom Yirachem, HaMakom Yirachem. What are we talking about? We're talking about God. Why did Avraham experience God as being far away from him? If he was doing the Akedah, if he was doing such a great mitzvah. Powerful, right? And one of the reasons it's given... Rabotai connects to this concept. HaKadosh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was expressing to him that he was going to do something that would shatter the world forever and ever and ever. He was about to do the biggest misvah that had ever been done. Avraham was such a special sadiq in God's eyes. But part of the reason why he was so close to God was because Avraham was one of the three most humble people that ever lived. When Hashem is about to give you something very special, he prepares you if you're a sadiq so that you should not fall. When Abraham, God appears to Moshe Rabbeinu, he says to Moshe, Take off your shoes. You know when you walk in your house, you say, take off your shoes, right? The person's walking barefoot. There are many deep interpretations, but one interpretation of this was it was a way of telling Moshe Rabbeinu, you're about to experience a connection and a conversation with God in a way that no one has ever had in the world before. Don't let it go to your head. I'm choosing you. I'm being with you because you're humble. Even physically, when a person takes off their shoes, they are physically shorter, they're smaller in, uh, with regards to their height. Rabotai, this is true about all of us. And in effect, when a person, sorry? In the approach to doing this great mitzvah, Kadosh Baruch Hu illustrated to him, how is he going to work on that, like we just said, by increasing 
Anava. So he knows that he's preparing him for this great uh, revelation, and Abraham should not react with a way, an expression of Ga'avah, because he would have lost everything from that. Rabutai, and this is the power here. When a person experiences tremendous trials and tribulations in his life, a person could say, Nega, call it terrible. And when he calls it ter- terrible, what does he do? He stops looking for anything positive that comes out of it. He becomes a person that only experiences that difficulty uh, with, with bitterness and with anger. And when you look at something with anger, it's very difficult to see anything through that mist. However, what we're learning over here is the opposite. If you could look at something and say, Kanega, look, it seems bad to me. Nir Ali, it seems to me that this is bad. But you're still willing to entertain the possibility that there are great lessons, great treasures to be uncovered here. A person could uncover the greatest treasures of his life from the challenges that approach, that come to him or her. If he could feel that while the challenge is close, God, I can see God off in the distance, and he's still there, and he's still watching, then a person will be able to experience a sense of heightened elation, a sense of resilience to be able to get through something, and to ask themselves, what can I gain from this? What can I learn from this? What can I take from this? And suddenly, the very things that are causing them pain become the things that strengthen, inspire, and enlarge their physical and spiritual presence. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Rabbi Halanya